All right, we're now being joined by Patrick Mix. This one? This one. All right. One second, I'm going to do my interview. All right, Patchy, uh, obviously not the outcome that you were hoping for tonight. Um, just talk me through it. I mean, what are the emotions right now after your first uh, career loss? Um, you know, just a few adjustments. Uh, you know, just uh, feel like I tried to go for the finish in the first and second. Um, I used a lot of energy. And then uh, I was rebuilding in the third. He came strong in the third. The fourth and the fifth, just like I knew he would, man. He's got good cardio, good team. Uh, no excuses on my end, man. You know, I was the best patchy mix tonight, man. I came with um, great camp, uh, even the extension, because we were supposed to fight July 24th. I had extra time, you know, no excuses. Uh, he was just better than me tonight, you know. Uh, no excuses and failure at all. And when it went to the judge's decision, did you feel like that he had pro probably edged you, or did you think that uh, you had done enough? Um, I felt like I won the first two, and then I thought maybe I could steal one. But he had more volume in those last three rounds, so I'm not surprised that uh, he got the three rounds. I think the 49-46 could have been the other way, though. 48-47, I feel, should have sufficed, you know. This is the first time as an amateur or professional that you suffered to defeat. So do, do you feel like that this could turn into, a, you know, a good learning lesson for you that maybe you could even get better from this? I mean, yeah, every fight, man, every fight I'm going to get better. Even, uh, even tonight, like, um, I don't define myself just on this one fight or uh, any of my last 13 or even the 24-fight win streak. I take one e each one at a time. So um, I'm just trying to grow, get better each time. Um, you know, I'm down right now, but I'm not out. Uh, you know, it was a hard-fought fight, you know. Um, it's not like he just walked out there walked through me, you know. Uh, I feel like some minor adjustments, maybe another takedown in there. That fight could go either way, too. So, you know, um, I don't hang my head, you know. I'm going to learn from this one as well. Uh, he worked the body a lot, and it seemed like maybe around the third round there, you slowed a little bit. Was the body shots having some effect on you? Because he was throwing a lot to the body. Not so much just the body shots. I think it was me trying to force the initiations in the first and two rounds, trying to hold the back, um, use the body triangle. That takes a lot out of me too, and uh, he was doing the right defenses. A few times I tried to go for the rear naked choke. I used a lot on my arms, and um, – not so bouncy. My coaches were telling me more volume, more bouncy on my feet, but I feel like I was just trying to walk towards them, and I kind of got into uh, what I told them I wasn't going to do. was like a brawl, you know. Um, once I started getting touched, I wanted to walk them down and, uh, you know, slapping them and just could leave those antics out, man, just think of my game plan. So I'm going to beat myself up for it, but I'm going to just get back in the gym and keep growing, man, getting better. Um, turning into a brawl because there was moments that almost looked like you were channeling the Diaz brothers with the hands and everything. Was he frustrating you? Were there elements of that was getting frustrating that led you into that brawl kind of strategy you didn't want to get into? No, just uh, not so much just him. It was more uh, it was more me pushing it. I could have been more methodical, I think, you know. Could have used better angles and uh, not just try to walk him down so much. But uh, I wanted to pressure him. I wanted to go out there and finish him, you know. I wanted to... Uh, you know, continue what I've done, you know, what's worked for me. So I was trying to pressure him. Um, once I started getting touched, you know, just wanted to hurt him back, you know, as opposed to think methodically, you know. A few more, a few minor changes, I feel I could make some good adjustments there. You said like minor changes in the future in terms of more takedowns. Was he hard to get an angle on for takedowns because of his constant movement? The fact that he didn't really slow down, was that difficult in trying to get a grasp on him? No, like I said, man, I took him down in the first two rounds. It was just more me expending a lot of energy in those two rounds to try and finish. I feel like my coach is telling me the right things. I could have just stayed on his hands and uh, stayed on the back, but I was trying to hunt the rear naked choke so much that 
using a lot of my energy. You know what I mean? I could have just won those rounds and kept position. Normally in the gym, I think more position, but out there I was thinking finish, 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 you know? Because it's worked so well for me too, you know what I mean? I finish almost everybody in that position in the gym as well. So, but you know, much respect to him. He was uh, well-trained for those positions. So it wasn't that I was doing things wrong. It was just, I think that maybe he was doing um, multiple things right, you know, more credit to him. I'm just curious to know, um, have you suffered any injuries from this fight? Because I thought you were slowing down, but maybe you broke a rib or something that uh, ankle sprain, no. anything of that sort? No, just my toes, man, trying to push the toes. He's kind of deflected a few off his elbows. My feet hurt a little bit, but injuries, no ribs, man. I'm not, I'm not hurting at all, you know what I mean, from anything, really. I just, uh, you know, just my, I guess just my toes trying to keep him into the body a lot, him deflecting, deflecting, so. No injuries, though. You know, I'm fully healthy. I was fully healthy going into the fight. And uh, just some minor bumps and bruises right now. I feel fully healthy as well. Let's talk about the, uh, that soccer kick that you got uh, during the fight. Did, did it hit you in the head or did it hit you in the chest? It, it was very hard to tell from my end. No, no. He, uh, I was still on the ground. You know, I was just credit to my athleticism. Man, I should have just been getting up faster. Um, he, went to the, he went to the head and I just blocked it. It didn't touch me in the head at all. It actually hit me in the forearms. But it was... Uh, completely legal. I wasn't trying to tell the ref it was illegal. I was trying to tell him, you know, that that's what it was. The intention was had I not blocked it, you know, but because I did, it was a total legal kick. And uh, that's why I wanted to presume, you know, like right away. All right, Jay. Patrick, I just wanted to ask a couple quick ones. First of all, you kind of touched on it, but this is the first time I believe you've gone the full 25 minutes. So how much did that factor into this? I've trained for 25 minutes of like, I was a multiple time King of the Cage champion. So I've trained for 25 minutes before, um, just going out there and getting the experience, uh, was important for me too. Um, I fight like five to seven rounds in the gym every Tuesday, Thursday. So it wasn't no different. It didn't feel no different. Sorry. I don't know where I'm looking. It didn't feel no different from the gym though. You know, um, just some adjustments, man. I think I just kind of walked forward a little too hard, walked into too many shots and, uh, I didn't really respect his power, even though he, he's knocked people out. I just... I don't get wobbled in the gym at all, so I don't, you know, I just kept walking. And are you looking for some time off now, or would you like to make a, a bit of a quick turnaround trying to get the uh, taste out of your mouth, so to speak? Um, whatever my coaches think, man, you know, um, I'm, I'm willing, you know, I'm healthy. I'm willing to get back into camp and keep fighting. You know, that's what I do anyway, so um, I'd love to get the taste out of my mouth, but I also want to make the proper adjustments to uh, be back, you know. I'm not here just to be – you know, one of these guys in the middle of the pack, I want to be a world champion, you know, I want to be at the top of the list, and uh, I feel, you know, adjustments, I could finish that fight just as well as I feel like I could finish, you know, a lot of other people as well, so get back out there soon. All right, thank you very much, Patchy. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you, man. I'm being joined by Benway world champion Juan Archuleta. Oh, thank you. It's on the win. Um, sitting up there with your belt, champion of the world, how does that feel? Uh, say that one more time. Champion of the world. One more time. Champion of the world. Oh, my God. The Reconquista is back, man. The fighting Spanish are here. Uh, we're known to conquer. And um, in there with Apache uh, Mix, a valent uh, opponent, you know, I, he gave me all I could handle. And I gave him a lot more than he could handle. And I'm, I'm here, man. I'm here to stay. I'm here to uh, dominate and conquer the 135 division, uh, what, no matter who it is. And talk to me about the, you know, how the fight progressed. Was that kind of what you were expecting out of him? Obviously, uh, you both were, were throwing a lot on the feet, and it was, it was a pretty exciting fight. 
there's an old saying that people say, young, dumb, and full of cum. And that's what uh, Apache Mix was, you know. And uh, we knew he was going to go out there, blow his wad in the first round. And uh, it was like, okay, stay composed, uh, keep your calm, uh, keep cool, keep collective. I'm the veteran. I've, I've been here before. And uh, this time, I wasn't going to go home without it. For sure, man. And uh, talk to me a little bit about your post-fight speech. Obviously, you, you know, you talked about where you came from and your people. Um, how important is it for you to represent them on the, the big stage? I think it's important for everyone, you know, to realize where they do come from. Uh, United States right now is struggling with who they are. We're the United States. We're united. And we all come from different places in this world. And uh, I, I'm not afraid to show who I am. I'm not afraid to represent who I am. And neither should they. This is what our platform's for. It's to represent who you are. And don't forget who your ancestors are, whether good or bad. You have the decision to, to, to change that. And I'm here to change, change that on my family, you know. We, we came we, and we conquered, but we also civilized here with uh, my other side of my family, the, the, the natives. And, uh, and I'm proud of that. I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud to be a United States. And I'm proud no matter what. And you also gave a big shout out to uh, your training partner, Cub Swanson, who was in your corner tonight. Can you just talk about that a little bit and, and how he's impacted your career? Yeah, man. Our team, uh, as you can see, is full of adversity. We got, you know, Cub Swanson. He should, he, he, there's, there's no greater role model to follow than Cub Swanson. He's been there. He should have had title fights. He should have had this, should have had that. And you know what? He never complained. He always shows up ready to fight and ready to perform in front of the fans. And when I had excuses because I lost my title fight, he said, buck up, be a man, own your loss, and go out there and keep fighting because that's why we fight. And so, you know, huge shout-out to him. Huge shout-out to TJ Dillashaw being able to keep – me to keep my composure, stay strong, stay training. Uh, we have battles, you know, me and him. If you see us in the gym, you think we're two Tasmanian devils, you know, with Cub in there, myself, uh, TJ, we go in there and we scrap every day. And you know what? We love each other, man. I was so emotional being able to hug them and be able to show them that our hard work had paid off. And, you know, there's a new, there's a, there's a new, new champion in town at the 135 division, and that's me across the world, across the board. One, uh, the body work throughout the fight was phenomenal, multi-punch combinations, all this stuff. Was that always a game plan going into this fight, play the long game, work the body, and you knew with your experience and his lack of experience and his step up of competition, it was going to be your fight three for four, fifth round? Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, the whole game plan was dictated off Cub Swanson's fight with with Kron Gracie, mixed with my manager, Tiki. He's a great uh, uh, stand-up fighter, kickboxing, Muay Thai, and... We just worked on beating the angle on the southpaw. TJ Dillashaw adding the switch steps. And you've seen a little bit of everyone in my, in my fighting style. Joe Daddy Stevenson, his grappling style. Paul Herrera, Daryl Christian, his wrestling. I mean, usually he dominates guys over and under over. And uh, with Daryl Christian, uh, who used to work with a lot of guys out of San Diego, now works with us, uh, I was able to uh, um, nullify his, his, his clinch game. And that's all thanks to him. Even his takedowns, I was able to defend it, uh, being able to wrestle with guys at St. John Bosco and being able to outperform people. I'm a Purdue wrestler. I'm a Division One athlete. Like, and I had to go out there and act like it. A big star in the last in your fight with Patricia for the title was the last minute change where TJ was not in your corner. How big of a difference was it to have him in your corner for this title fight? Was it was it big? I mean, he's honestly a, a, a firecracker uh, for me. You know, he he's a guy that goes in there and lights the fuse for me and able to 
let me go out there and blow up. You know, let me go. When you when you have a champion in your corner that's been there and that's uh, been walking through those steps, when you have veterans in your sport and people who corner, uh, who corner you that actually fought in the UFC, fought in MMA, fought in all these organizations, you have full belief in whatever they say and you're going to do whatever they say. They play me like a video game when I'm out there. They call something, I'll take a second, and the guy's like, and I seen him, oh, oh he's going to do this. And then he forgot I was going to do it. And then I, it's still stuck in my head. Then I do it and, and it plays well. So, you know, f full thanks to my corner. Uh, I wish I was able to have Joe Daddy Stevenson here, but, you know, unfortunately, the commission, they only allowed me three corners. Congratulations, Juan. Thank when you. I asked about that soccer kick uh, that you went for, did, uh, when Justin Herzog stopped it, I saw you had some words of him. Can you talk about that whole, and a whole, uh, well, if you see my fights with William Joplin and other fights, you know, and he's doing his job, like great job on the referee. Like I'm a guy that makes the referee do his job. Like if he, if he says it was illegal, I'm like, okay, but please rewatch it. Like I thought I got poked in my eye and he said, no, you got punched in the eye. I was like, okay, I thought it was a finger. I apologize. Uh, but you know, uh, William Joplin, same thing. As he came up, I threw a soccer kick and it landed and his hand was off the mat. And same thing with him. I, I, I throw it in practice just because I know in real life I'm going to throw it. And I don't throw it hard in practice, but it's practice. You know, perfect pra uh, practice makes perfect. And uh, with Bellator doing all these shows in Europe, uh, any chance you can convince Scott Coker to do a show oh, yeah. in Spain? That, that, was a, that was a whole um, reason getting this belt and uh, representing my people is to go out there in Spain, uh, put a performance on it from the king and queen, and go into the soccer field with all these soccer players. And if they could fill up a soccer uh, um, arena, we could fill up a fight venue. Take help from the internet, John. Hi, Juan. Congratulations on the win. Thank you, sir. Uh, so I want to know what was the mindset like in between uh, rounds two and three there? Obviously, you know, you were down two nothing on the scorecards there. Did you know that you had to step it up a bit or were you kind of planned that he was going to start to fade there and that you were going to start picking him apart in those rounds? Yeah, you know, you, he, he's never really lost a round. And uh, the whole idea was, hey, just pick, touch, touch, and pick him apart. Of course, a couple of times I overswing and he took my back and he got some takedowns. But hey, we fight through adversity. We're fighters. Uh, you know, we're born with a gift, all of us, you know, whether it be journalism, whether it be construction worker. For me, it's fighting and performing, and it's going out there and making a big drama show, uh, Triple G style, big drama show. And that's what I gave the uh, fans. Thanks, Juan. Appreciate it. Yep. Hey, Juan, congratulations on the win tonight. Have you thought much about what uh, being champ and holding the belt is going to be like now? Because you've been chasing this for a while. Now you're going to have the target on your back. Absolutely. TJ Dillashaw and Dwayne Ludwig, uh, before the uh, Patricio Pitbull fight, told me there's a responsibility being a champion. And, uh, you know, they've, they've coached me through it. And I know what's, what's ahead. And I'm excited for the responsibility, the responsibility it takes to be a champion. Congrats again. Hi, um, congratulations on your victory. Um, as a new champion, you will possibly face the former champion, Kyoji Horiguchi, in the future. I know you called him out once, but uh, what is your impression of him? And if the fight is materialized, which part of your game do you feel you should improve in to make sure to beat him? Horiguchi! I'm still coming for you, baby. Where you at? I hope you're ready, Horiguchi. I want that fight, baby. I want that risen bell. Let's go. Oh, that's awesome. 
And also, um, the partnership between Beartol and Ryzen gives you another Japanese potential opponent, uh, who is a current Ryzen bantamweight champion, Kaya Sakura, who actually knocked out Horiguchi once. So tell me your impression of Sakura, and uh, are you in interested in going to Japan and unifying the title, just like you know, Darian Caldwell tried to do? The DICE team and Scott Cooker and my manager, Tiki Gosen, is going to make it happen. Special shout out to the DICE team. Thank, thank you guys for the love and support. Uh, yes, it's going to happen. You will see me in Japan. It's going to be just like this. Uh, but first things first, uh, true champion defends his belt. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm a conquistador. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to dominate the 135 division all around the world. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much, Sam. We'll be uh, joined shortly by Scott Coker. Thank you, guys. Big shout out to myself. We are now being joined by Bellator president, Scott Coker. All right, Scott, two more events in the books. Um, talk. Let's work our way backwards. Let's start with tonight. Um, main event, you got a new champion in the Bantamweight division. What did you think of the fight? And as a promoter, uh, you know how excited are you to, to promote a champ like Juan Archuleta now? I mean, Juan's, Juan's a special athlete, and um, you could just see the heart and the desire of both, both athletes uh tonight and i knew it was going to be a war we 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 had some debates as to internally who we thought might win but um you know i'm, I'm happy for him because he's been with us quite a while and he's he has earned his stripes up up the ranks and uh you know when he decided to drop down to 35 we wanted to put this fight together and i'm glad we did because it was spectacular in the co-main event neiman gracie looked pretty good um you know, John Fitch retiring on the other side. So can you maybe talk about where you think Neiman fits into the division at this point? I mean, listen, Neiman's right up there. And I know he hasn't fought Lima. Lima's going to be a little bit busy, you know, for the next, you know, couple months, let's say. But uh, at some point, you know, we'll probably put that fight together. But, you know, Neiman, Neiman Gracie is, is no joke, man. This guy is dangerous. And, and if he gets you on the ground, it, even stand-up, his striking is getting better and better. And so... When I think about Neiman, I think about a complete MMA fighter, not just a grappler. In the other half of the co-main event, John Fitch announcing his retirement. Um, you know, did, did you think that was the appropriate call, or, or did you think that he, you know, could have kept going as a top contender for you guys? Listen, John Fitch has not lost in six years. I mean, the guy is a beast still, and he's a grinder, like McCarthy said. But you know, it caught me off guard. I didn't know. I didn't know that you know he was at that point in his career where he felt that it was time to step down. One of the things that, like you and I, we, we don't know is what, what the body feels like and how it takes the preparation. Does it take him longer? Is it, you know, does he, is it painful to get to that point where he could get ready? And, and maybe he just said, look, that's enough. My body's been through, you know, hell for the last, you know, so many years. So he's, he's ready to just step down. And I, I think that, you know, he loves MMA and uh, I think he'll be involved somehow, but I'm, I'm, I can't answer because I don't really, you know, know what, what he felt like, but you know, it was obviously time and it was, um, like I said, a little bit, you know, it's, it, it was, uh, it was, it was a good moment because everybody gave him a standing ovation and he left his gloves in the, in the cage. But, um, you know, you've got to give your hats off to him and he's done everything that you can in this sport and he's done it all, man. So, you know, I wish him luck. And uh, last night's main event between Phil Davis and Machida, do you think you have a new number one contender at 205 pounds? Are you willing to, to say that? You know, I'll tell you, uh, I think Phil did what he needed to do. And, um, you know, th those two fought before. And it was very close. So, you know, let's, let's, let's go back and take a look at the film one more time. But, you know, I think Phil's, Phil's right up there, you know. So 
Uh, we have a couple matchups in mind, uh, you know, that uh, will kind of lead to, you know, the belt. But um, I think Phil looked great. He did a good job. Tonight also marked the end of the Paramount Network era. So can you kind of sum up that chapter for Bellator and, and yourself? You know, I'll tell you, it's um, when I think about Paramount, you know, being um, formerly Spike TV, I mean, really, it was the, it was the genesis of modern-day mixed martial arts and the, popular, the popularity boom because they chose to greenlight a reality show that made mixed martial arts popular and became very famous. And to me, if Viacom and, you know, the Spike TV didn't do it at that time, uh, who knows if we would be here right now, right? So I, I got to give my hats off to Viacom and Paramount. They have always been supporting mixed martial arts since 2005. And so Bellator had uh, you know, a great partner in Paramount. And I want to thank them for, you know, all their contribution and the, you know, the, basically the support for Bellator to get to this point. But now that the merger happened, uh, and that's one of the, thing, the beauty of this company is that, you know, when you look at the platforms available, you know, for Bellator now, it's a, it's, it's, I think that it could end up being a multi-platform product like it is now. I mean, we have a channel on Pluto TV that's doing amazing numbers, by the way. And uh, we're on CBS Force Network already with the Recharge Show. Now we're going to come, come over and do some fights on CBS Force Network. Um, but the undercards will all air on CBSSports.com. So I think we're going to bring a whole new sports audience in. Uh, and that was one, that's one of the beauties of this deal. Uh, going back to Phil Davis, uh, yesterday he mentioned that if Vadim isn't ready, he's not willing to wait forever for a title fight. So he, his theory was, well, if it's not Vadim, it's Corian. If it's Vadim, I'll get Corian later. Is the likeliness either going to be a title fight for Phil or it's going to be him welcoming Corian into Bellator? I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I, I got you know, I haven't really talked to my guys about it, but I think that's definitely a possibility. And um, uh, with Nemkov. You know, we haven't really spoken since he uh, departed to uh, Russia, but um, we're definitely going to reach out and ask him when he'll be ready to go again because, you know, we'd like him to fight soon because that, he had a great performance uh, against Bader. And I think that, you know, you saw a star being born, uh, you know, here at the Mohegan Sun on that night. Going back to the idea also of future title fights is it seems like Pettis is the, the obvious guy next for one. Is that not even an if but a when? And also Liz Carmouche gets her win today. Um, McFarland doesn't seem to have a clear favorite for a contender. Is a Liz Carmouche-McFarland friends battle? Or, or is it another if, not if but when fight? Well, I, I tell you, um, Pettis is definitely something that we're talking about to, to fight Juan next. Um, but at some point, you know what, even even in the near future, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch uh, of this fight. This fight, to me, was a great fight, and I think Thanks deserves it at some point. But in the meantime, you know, I, I think that uh, maybe uh, him and, and Pettis should get it on. As far as Liz Carmouche, um, I understand that they're actually, her and Alima are not training at the same gym anymore. So they split gyms. And I think that they realize they're going to fight each other at some point. So... Whether it happens now or happens in the tournament or, you know, if we have a tournament at 125, then uh, I think that, you know, they will see each other at some point. Early in the show, another fight ends on an illegal strike to the, you know, strike that ends the fight. That happened twice last night with two groin strikes. When that happened in the beginning of the show, was it a moment like, oh, God, not again? You know, I tell you, as a promoter, of course, you're, you, you want to see clean, great matchups. Like, 
our main, like I think our televised portion of tonight's card was was great, and some of the undercard fights were great. And the, but you you know it's like the you know the undercard fights are are there to provide an opportunity for the young guys to get experience, right? So I just think that was a lack of experience and getting kind of adrenalized and in the moment kind of shot. I don't think it was intentional, but you know, I, I can honestly say, yes, I did take a, a second breath here on that one because I was like, Oh my gosh, here we go again. Right. It was, uh, you know, not last night was something that, uh, you know, as a promoter, you don't like to see fights and illegal blows, but you know, it's just, we just had a weird night last night. Uh, but I think we came back strong today. And I think you saw some great fights today. Uh, regarding, regarding the heavyweight division, I'm curious to know, are you considering the, the Czech-Congo-Johnson uh, fight to be maybe a number one contender's fight for Ryan Bader's title? You know, I'll tell you, I think that um, that's something that I always like to reserve judgment because I like the fight to happen and then see how they look. But, um, you know, whoever wins that fight, if they have a, a great performance, I think that, that that's, that's the case. And also, Juan Hartoletta seems to really want a show in Spain. Is that something that you're going to look towards to do, an MMA show in Spain? I'll tell you, um, I don't think he's going to want to wait that long for us to figure out how to get to Spain with all the travel bans and all the European restrictions. I mean, it's, it was difficult for enough to, you know, get to uh, Italy and, and Paris, you know, to do these events. So those, Spain would be a whole new set of challenges, I think. But as you guys know, it's a very interesting time in the history of the world, actually with COVID hitting and, and just the pandemic, it's, you know, it's not, it's not back to normal. And when it does get back to normal and we can travel and we, there's no restrictions, we would love to go to Spain and do a fight with one. But I think that's going to be a ways out. He's going to want to fight one or two times in between then, in, in my opinion. So, you know, um, you know, him fighting Horiguchi because Horiguchi trains and lives in LA. That's something that, you know, we would be interested in if, he was available. I know that uh, because he is a, a Japanese citizen, he could go back to Japan and fight on New Year's Eve or fight for Saki Yabara when he needs to. But um, uh, if he is available, I, I think we would love to put that fight together. I will take just a couple more from uh, Zoom here. Jay? Thanks very much. And uh, Scott, um, on the topic of Liz Carmouche, she did say that uh, her and Alimale were willing to fight each other. Uh, they talked about it for a while. In a hypothetical uh, flyweight Grand Prix, then, do you see Alima as defending her title throughout that tournament, similar to featherweight and welterweight? Yes, I think that um, um, the process will be the same, and that the champion will continue to uh, be the champion until uh, they lose. So that's, you know, that's going to be consistent with our tournaments. And, um, you know, I don't think this would be any different. Okay, you kind of you kind of touched on the other one, uh, but in terms of Fedor, is the plan still uh, three fights uh, for him, or has anything changed with his status? Fedor has two fights left, and uh, both of them will most likely be out of the country. I say that with reserve because you guys know the situation; it's hard to navigate around, and and uh, every every time we try to go outside somewhere, it's challenging. Um, but uh, I think Fedor, the plan was to do the three fights. We hit Japan on New Year's Eve last year or the day before New Year's Eve. And then uh, we want him to fight in Europe at some point. And then we want him to fight uh, in Moscow to be his retirement fight. And uh, that's kind of the plan for him. But we have two fights left and uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. But it's, it's going to be sometime in uh, 21. Thank you. Giancarlo. 
Uh, hi, Scott. Uh, you just brought up about Fedor. Uh, has he ever like just talked to you or have you had discussions on possible opponents? Like, uh, I guess Brock Lesnar is a name that's out there that a lot of fans have been speculating about. Is there interest from Fedor about making that fight happen? Yeah, I mean, as far as the Brock Lesnar situation, really, it's, um, you know, we threw it out to uh, to him uh, through his people that we were interested in a Fedor fight. If he's interested, please let us know. Uh, again, I don't even know if he's under contract or, and, and we, we made it very clear, if you're not in contract and you want to fight Fedor, then please let us know. It, it, and, you know, I'm not sure if, uh, uh, you know, he really wants to fight or not fight. I mean, you know, but if he does want to fight, we'll definitely put it on if he's a free agent. Him and Fedor, would, I think, would be a, a great fight. Maybe that's something we could do in Moscow. And a uh, final one for me, like Ryan Bader, uh, losing the light heavyweight title, but he still has a heavyweight title. Have you heard anything on uh, how soon he can get back into the uh, cage? You know, I'll tell you, we, um, we reached out to him today, actually, and uh, through his management, and he said, Ryan's out hunting, and he won't be back for a while. So <laughs> give me a call sometime in a couple of weeks. <laughs> so I'll let you know in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Scott. Hi, Scott. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Chris Cyborg. I know you announced on the broadcast today that she has a fight coming up in October. Uh, a little bit of a surprise. Everybody thought that she'd be fighting uh, either a rematch with Julia Budd or maybe with Kat Zingano getting a win last night. Just uh, can you touch a little bit about how you kind of came up with that matchup? And then are we going to see maybe a Julia Budd and Kat Zingano fight in the future here? Yeah, I mean, the matchups for Kat and Julia, you know, we have not put opponents, you know, up for them yet. So that's, that's something that we're still in discussion, but you know, listen, Arlene uh, is no joke. I mean, she's heavy, heavy handed. She wants this fight. And uh, you know, it's, it's something that, that uh, cyborg welcomes because cyborg will fight anybody, you know? And so we, we feel like this would be a great fight. So to me, we put this fight together and then, um, you know, as we move forward, listen, she will fight cyborg will fight Julia, Budd again, because Julia keeps calling, asking the fighter as well. So, we got some great fights ahead uh, for Cyborg. And as far as Kat Zingano, look, she fought last night for the first time in two years. And and to me, she still looked athletic. She still looked fast. She could do her thing. But, you know, I think she needs a couple fights. And then, you know, then she could uh, end up fighting Cyborg if she continues to win. Dan? Hey, Scott. Uh, great night tonight. I know that we were talking about the heavyweights before. Someone that was recently brought up not too long ago was Jake Hager. And I know that uh, in AEW, he keeps on bringing up Bellator and the announcers bring them up. Is there any plan for him moving forward? I know that traveling-wise and uh, mixing sports-wise, it might be difficult due to COVID-19, but do you have a timeline? Oh, you know what? Um, actually, we don't, but I'd like to see him back uh, as soon as possible because, you know, one thing when we ha we're having Bobby Lashley fight uh, or Hager fight, it's like, you know, the, the, they have great skills and they're making the transition to becoming mixed martial artists. And, you know, Hager is somebody that I feel like if he could just get enough fights and get enough reps in, you know, he could go and, you know, he, I think he could, you know, sky would be the limit. So to me, uh, as soon as he wants to come back, we'll do it. But uh, there's nothing set right now. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank, Thank you, guys. Scott.